Hey, everybody, it's John, and thanks to everybody who helps us out every week by going to patreon.com slash steal this beer and throwing a couple of bucks our way so that we can mail beers to our guests and have some fun conversations resulting from that. So uh, if you're not already, go check it out. It's patreon.com slash steal this beer. Uh, as Cass says, a little bit goes a long way, and we appreciate the support. Now, here come the sirens. Steal This Beer, a candid weekly discussion about beer, over beer, by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. Hey y'all, it's 5 o'clock on Monday and we are stealing beer. I'm Augie Carton. I am full of cheeseburger. John Hall and I just slammed. We, if, if it you, wasn't a contest, but it might as well have been a contest. We are now four episodes deep at no the Holiday Inn Express uh, here in Miami. And so we, we sat down. I was... Yeah, so. We were in this lobby at 7 o'clock this morning together. We were in this lobby. Augie was going to his uh, CrossFit. I was going to go get uh, uh, three miles of walking in that turned into five miles. Came back. I showered. You did not. You just rolled in well, from the gym. Well, hold on. because yeah. th- All right. So this will stitch into Andrew's yeah. story. But first, let's yeah. say who we're talking to so the thieves are all caught up. Yeah. But anyway, guys at home, we're talking to uh, Andrew Godley of Parrish, who has literally just gotten off a plane to get here and yeah. was was only 20 minutes behind schedule. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. It was it was 30 minutes, but I, you're giving me the benefit of the doubt. We're, we're, we're usually so polite on this show. my morning started that way, right? So I was... We're, Usually when we do these out-of-town things, it's a bit of a boondoggle. We're away from the families. It's a fun group of people. Exuberance ensues. Last night was nothing but rum punches. But both John and I were like, look, we really need to get five or six good episodes before we start the whole shenanigans. We got home at like 1030, went to our respective rooms, went to sleep. I woke up this morning to get a workout. I was up and out the door at like 755. He saw me. And somehow the lifts got me here. Back from the ten-minute drive between John Wakefield, Jonathan Wakefield's uh, gym and this hotel took forty-two minutes. I was like, "Hey, John, sorry, I'm going to be half an hour late for our first show, even though I've been sitting in this car yeah. for an hour." So, welcome chill to out, Miami. Relax. Well, well you guys are you guys are from the big city, northeast, <laughs> you know, metropolis. We're used to traffic. You, you should be better at this. We should be. Your, so actually, your particular part of uh, Louisiana doesn't experience traffic. And it's very rural. Okay, yeah. you know, it's there's. What Wait, would constitute traffic? A- animals crossing the road. Okay. Um, mm. But uh, it, I, I mean, in the city, like rush hour, I mean, we'll get some traffic, but it's not like a big city. I mean, I, I, every time I travel to Atlanta, Houston, Miami, New York, yeah. you know, it's just I think about how much time people lose of their lives to, sitting in traffic. It's crazy. For, yep. for, for everybody listening, geographically, if we think about Louisiana, everybody can kind of point to New Orleans on a map. Yeah. Uh, where are you in relation so to? So New Orleans is the toe of the boot, I guess. Yep. Right? And uh, uh, Lafayette, Louisiana is the instep. Okay. Okay. You know, where your arches are of the foot, I, I guess. It's sort of south-central Louisiana. And there's uh, um, uh, about 20 miles between us and the coast. Yeah. As the crow flies. So we are a very unique part of the world as well. It's where people still speak Cajun French. Nice. That's dope. That it's, is. Uh, I mean, you can send your kids to. Uh, Do you speak Cajun French? No, no. Okay. I, I, Just I, check in that. Because I actually grew up in New Orleans, and New Orleans is much more of a big city, you know, a modern uh, city where those uh, this historical um, perspective on how you should live is not there anymore. In, in Lafayette, Louisiana, you can send your kids to school exclusively in French. That's awesome. That is cool. Just uh, the purpose is to not lose it. Not to lose the culture, not to lose the... Exactly. Which is going to lead me to the fun conversation about talking about your hazies and your... (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Uh, says hazy IPA like speaking French. Nothing nothing says I'm not giving up my culture like we we now... And so it's been the theme. So it's it's funny to gather with brewers at a thing like this because... You know, I think the whole objective of the show is the fact that 
bar some small exceptions, all of the the brewers we talk to have a love of all the things authentic and traditional and 700 years and 7,000 years old. And all of us are also like, fuck it. I want to make a fun beer too. Yeah. But I love the link to, I come from part of the world where we are teaching a dead language to make sure it doesn't die. Mm. And I love to come to Jay Wakefield's nothing but pastry sounds and triple hazy's fest. So let's tie those together. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys, so I, I like, so you get, you sent a very thorough bio that I really enjoyed reading, but I like that you started your first messenger was now 33 employees, right? So talk about your trajectory from beginning to where you are now. And, and I like that you start with who's with you. How, yeah. How many people are part of this team now, rather than what you've done in those years, okay. but, but talk about it obviously can't be done without what you've done. So let's talk about what you've done and how that's grown and how it's incorporated your neighborhood. All right. Well, I'm sure our uh, story is not totally dissimilar from many other brewers, but uh, it, it definitely every brewer has their own arc. Every organization has their own arc and um, a series of events that led to where they are today. Um, you know, we're in rural Louisiana, so that, you know, is a great starting point to sort of describe how we got to where we are. Um, nobody, when I decided to start the brewery, I guess in 2007 is when I decided I'm going to yeah. do this. This is a great idea. And, and you know, business plans, learning how to brew better beer. You know, I built a little thing in my garage out of, you know, stainless steel drums, which I ended up making 50 gallons of beer at a time on. There uh, are stainless steel drums? Like, like, oh, yeah. Drums or did you, did yes. you fab- did Yeah, you I bought fab- them from a, off of Craigslist in North, I had to but drive to North Carolina. meant to pharmaceutical industry okay okay all right so all right. that i it, you know I, what i mean because like you learn about the milk thing because what? of all that and you learn about all these other things but a stainless steel i can elaborate drum. on that because i'm glad, what, glad yeah. you asked because i'm sub on, that to me was a big deal what sub on craigslist did you go trolling for so this stainless is, steel drums so it's i needed not the one you think it is. i needed to <laughs> i needed to build a brewery i needed to build a, a brewery that i could uh create a decent volume and this was before nano breweries had really come onto the scene they've kind of sure. gone away in the last what was several your years first but licensed year we're talking about seven eight which is when it's the ideas germinating and the plans are being made but when did you I legally s- make and sell um, my i was legal in 2009 sold okay. my first beer in 2010 all right. right so it was about two years of creating yeah. the brewery from when i decided like this is what i'm gonna do um but pharmaceutical tanks. So pharmaceutical, well, yeah, not even a tank. So this fun. happens. You no, need it's, to, it's, when you say 55 gallons, you mean yeah. like one of those, like you drum. know, roll a guy down a hill in a drum. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to start a brewery. It's, it's, it's the thing that's in the background of every villain's lair in all of the old Adam West Batmans. And Maybe. every doo-wop ever, except never stainless. Okay. <laughs> anyway, go on. So you, you want to start a brewery and you don't have any money. And um, th- there's no brewing equipment where you live because you're not in, you know, a a North Pacific Northwest city with a bunch of brew pubs and or, or Wisconsin or, where they or, used to make exactly, all the milk a bunch in the of world. dairy tanks and <laughs> Mueller tanks up there and all that stuff. And we're in rural Louisiana, really anywhere in the South, this would be applicable, but so I had to figure out how to make something on the cheap and uh, to, to be able to brew decent quantities of beer. Um, just looking around, I, I saw people brewing in drums and I just thought, Man, this is silly to not try and use stainless drums. And it was a Google search. I don't even know if I was using Google back then. It might've been a Yahoo search yeah. or maybe, maybe ask, ask Jeeves. Jeeves. Yes. yes. I mean, it might have, Jeeves, Jeeves could have hooked it up, <laughs> but, uh, I ended up finding on Craigslist, uh, in North Carolina, uh, a company that was sell- it was a pharmaceutical company that was using these things to mix and hold pharmaceuticals. Uh, and they were selling them for like. 135 bucks a drum which i was like this is awesome stainless steel drums for like 130 bucks or whatever it was that's not even the cost of the steel i only needed three because they were just i just thought this was such a find you know because like i mean you i saw you light up when i said stainless steel drums obviously you know this is a rare gem for a a brewing industry i didn't even know they existed yeah so i I bought four and even though i needed three i drove (laughs) up there my f-150 picked them up and uh came back home and it's about a it's probably a 14-hour drive to get up there and bring them back home from Louisiana, uh, and I I learned to weld. I bought a little welder and stainless welding. That's yep. Well, yeah, just that's stick welding. Yeah, but still getting it right with stainless. Just 304. You know, you just get some 304 sticks and you can. No, uh, I don't know. Stop yeah. saying it like yeah. I'm aware of what what's 303 welding. I don't know. <laughs> it's just uh, you you require you, you can do it without the gas that makes inert okay. gas that makes it no impurities in the stainless steel. If you're just using a 
a lower grade stainless steel like 304 you can just yeah. weld it on basically okay. with a stick right. you've seen people you know touch the stick yeah, and yeah, make the, the sparks <laughs> right that's basically what it is and that melts every time you do that and it. leaves a little bead oh. uh, and then you just grind it down and polish it up so it's really pretty simple but I, I've, I've welded those tanks and yeah. put put little ferrules and fittings on them and built a little electric brewery um, and I guess we'll move on with the story now. No, I fucking no, love that part. Is... Wait, stop. Don't, don't move on. So I'm going to interrupt you because I'm going to get us to beer one so we can talk about it so we get back to this. But just where we're going, Thieves, after beer one is from here to 22,000 barrels in 11 mm. years. Is fuck yeah. it. I love. Anyway, this is good. This is a tale I want you to spin slowly and with a lot of digression. Okay. But what brings us together on Seal the Spear is a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we hoped it would be, what it's doing... Not what we thought it would do, and just if yeah. it's fun or not, not how hard it was to get. To facilitate that, John and I drink blind out of black glasses. Um, these beers have been obscured for us, but not very well by Andrew, because Andrew said, don't look at the foam. And when I looked, there was this bright purple, bright pink, purple magenta yeah. fuzz That's of foam. Right. So, mm. so we know that it is a red liquid. Yes. Um, and it tastes like... Proper passion royal fruit, purple, right? Yeah, guava, passion uh, fruit. Which one is I'm it? I'm getting raspberry. I'm getting. No, I'm getting uh, passion fruit. So I'm getting whichever one is the jammy. spiny little one with the red seeds inside no, of the yeah. No, no, no. That's green with orange the, flesh. The spiny one's lychee or lychee. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the one. The, I think it's one of the two fruits. Is one that has like these like fingers hands like brown you cut it open and inside are just these little black seeds in a red syrup but i think it's okay um dragon fruit all right dragon fruit but that's what i'm getting there is a herbal kind of dryness that comes through on the end that maybe is coming from the fruit but also makes me think of hibiscus um oh. when that gets put into to, to to beer some way and maybe the color is 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 Having seen that foam, maybe that is. See, I don't is, think this was fermented sour. I think all no, that sour no, no, is coming no. from the fruit. But the yeah, but hibiscus but to me herbal. always goes sour. Yeah, right. Like if you're going to throw hibiscus in a beer, you better plan for it to be a sour fermented product because yeah. hibiscus. I don't know what it is about those flowers. Maybe they just hold a lot of wild yeast or whatever. But yeah. every time I hibiscus something, it's it's headed in a um, a dirty place, a good dirty place. But, but I a like dirty the. Place. So that, there's something in there that I I'm, I haven't had this beer before either, okay. uh, and I didn't look at what the ingredients were. Okay, um, fun. All right, so, play along. So I can yeah. offer as well. Yeah, I, please. I mean, you, you said you didn't think it was a fermented sour. You don't get like a touch touch of vinegar, like just a, the way the acidity, like is. the balsamic. Like you of talked thing? about dirty I a little guess, bit, you know. I guess the hibiscus. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm picking up the fruit. John's than you. John's seldomly wrong, but what what I have is whichever fruit it is, I can't picture. I have. Like decidedly that, like like a ton of it, and I feel like it's, I feel like it's dragon fruit, and even the the part I think John is looking for tastes to me like the flesh around those seeds. But here's the thing, though, when you bring up that vinegar thing, and let's not go too far down this, but too there late. there is that that wine that venice uh quality that comes through wine shouldn't taste like vinegar john you must stop drinking what you drink i'm saying of like a manischewitz where it. like it's been oxidized or it there are i i'm just saying there are like those table reds that you get at the nondescript italian restaurants that i know th this this is offending to you in every way and i love it um, but it has that sort of generic quality to it uh, where, yeah, like it, it would just be one of those like, oh, this is the house, but at um, but the uh, old I'm school in, so, 1950s right, Jersey so Italian restaurant. I guess where restaurant. I am in this is the, I'm in the weird situation of looking for the beer yeah. around the fruit, okay. but not in the way when, because the thing about the black glass, Andrew, is... I never know what it is, and, and I always assume it's a beer, and sometimes that backfires, but that's the game. So sometimes, especially when like a smoothie beer shows up, I'm like, all right, I get this, 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 and this, but I don't get any beer, so why is it on the show? This one to me, I'm looking for the beer around the fruit like I do with like Lindemann's Lambics, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Where it's I like, get that. Where it's like, okay, sure, this is definitely a beer, but 80% of this is that fruit edition. It's, it's loud I mean? and one-dimensional. Yeah, exactly. But... But I don't, 
I don't in any way not enjoy drinking this. No. You know what I mean? Like, it's a fun, and especially down here in this heat. It's yeah, but Lindemann's will show up with that really... But if you told me this pinprick was, of was, sweetness on the finish, and this does not have that. Let's no. say you made a cider or a mead. Okay. But instead, you know, so so a, a fermented beverage product, a poire, if you will, that was, oh. uh, that oh. was a, a whole bunch of scary beers to shut up, be honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bright neon labels and upside of, down ketchup bottles. And, trouble. Yeah. Anyway, um, but so anyway, what I'm saying is, if you told me, okay, this is a... You know, one of those half beer, half cider things where a lot of the fermentation was a fruit, not a fruit addition. Mm. I'd be fine with that, right? If the fruit was put in and allowed to dry out, I'm okay with that being the style. What did you say before, dragon fruit? I think that's what I'm getting. If I said prickly pear? No. I definitely get a blend of fruits to me, but not, nothing stands out. It's I get a few different things. Everything you guys have talked about from guava. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'll guava off, was my first smell. I'll yeah. offer also watermelon. Ooh. So hard to get that in beer, It's though. subtle. Have you super subtle. And usually yeah, yeah, when, yeah. when, when that subtle. comes through, that, to me, is always like cucumber peel. That's is so the when way he, that when watermelon he, It's funny you mention that, because when me. he said hibiscus... Yeah. That, no, that's, I said hibiscus. Okay, the, the hibiscus, the florally... Um, um, it's a it's a astringent kind of a texture, you know the the, the petals, it's le- sure. leafy. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of get water watermelon. I get that's a cucumbery. I get it's like plant matter, I guess. The the the, the yeah, rind of the green kind of. That's what I'm yeah. called. So whatever that fruit is, I can't remember the name of the one you eat with a spoon out of this little thing. That white mm-hmm. stuff all around the it, which pith. you're not meant to eat. But that pith when you scoop it mm-hmm. in, that's what I'm ascribing all that to. And I guess I should back off that. Because you guys, everything you guys just said connected with me, which makes me like it a little, like, there's complexity in what it's doing, even though all that complexity is on one tiny little line of yeah. I mean, do, do, do we just, like, guess and make final answers? No, at, no, no it's just no, write no, a no. sentence where you drink it. So basically yeah. the whole conceit of the show, and this is mm-hmm. way before everybody was buying new beer every week, was if one of these was in your cellar and you were waiting to open it, because this was a big problem seven, eight years ago. Everybody was getting a hold of things like KBS, CBS, Black Ops, and all those things, Black Tuesday, and be like, nobody was opening their bottles. So our idea was, if you brought one of those bottles on and we drank it, not oh, okay. knowing what it fucking was, you'd be like, when oh, would you want to drink? I've this? got one of those. I should go open it, or I shouldn't open that, or yeah. I should have mm-hmm. opened it. You know what I mean? So that was the whole premise of how this fits. So the next thing is, we just write a sentence of where, when, why would you drink this bottle if you had it? And for me, this is definitely. A a like picnic brunch I never get to go to with Lauren. It is Miami appropriate. Yeah, I think yeah. for sure. But can you imagine if I could get Lauren to like go in it? So I'm going to tie together your things. But just imagine one of those like watermelon, goat cheese, pumpkin seed salads that yeah. we make all the time. Yeah. That with these. Sure. You make those all the time? I do. <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's exhausting. But, <laughs> um, but one of those with this at like 11 o'clock in the yard when okay. the whole day is about to devolve into a fire pit See, would be perfect warm up. This brunch. to me, I'm going to go 11 p.m. Had we gotten back from really? the. Yeah. Had we gotten back from this the is party. Not li- enough for 11 p.m. This no. Makes me start over. But here's the thing. Last night when we got back from uh, from the party, uh, I didn't go for the hotel bar beer, which I usually do. But had there been people sitting in this lobby at 11 p.m. and this bottle was around, this would have been a really nice last beer to have before going up. Because yes, it tastes like Miami, but I was also. Only drinking American light lagers, so I wouldn't want anything that would like fully put me over. I don't want a fifteen percent or like that kind of thing. I feel like and this would have the character and the body where this would be my final beer of the night. I you know, and I the, are very the, different no, you, drunks. No, this this would have sent me back out. I would have, I'd have left been like, you. Hey, let's go to bed. And if somebody I would have seven fifty of this, I would have. And we you. had this. This would be like, you know, what would go great with this is some silver tequila. And then fucking out the door we'd be. Yeah, I would be in bed by then. But for me, that's where this beer particularly. Wish you had better fits. legs, man. Where, you got to be a marathon. Where drinker. do uh, where are you drinking this? Yeah, beer? I'm, I kind of I'm with John. I uh, I'm I go lighter as the night goes on. You know, I I have good friends of mine who go harder, and you know they end up drinking scotch later yeah. and bourbon later. Yeah. And I I go I'm 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 drinking the lightest, easiest thing at the end. 
Um, I'm gonna enjoy hanging out with you later yeah, on this fuck evening. Fuck you guys. So, so I'll, yeah. I'll be out with the other guys. <laughs> have, have fun. I'm but still uh, knocking on your door. But, <laughs> but, but I, 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 I don't hate know. That you know my room Th- This number. is pretty. This is it's a. This is a very like punchy fruit beer. I mean, it is not. I think it's the acidity. It's it's a little strong. Not not too strong, but it's. it's yeah. I wouldn't consider it a light, um, easy drinking beer. It's a it's a serious. Uh, fruit sour, you know, yeah. not too sweet. I, I like the idea yeah, of it being fermented fruit. I think that's probably what created that. But a real ton of it. You know, I mean, like, I feel like fifty percent of the sugar in this fermentation was from the fruit. So, so when you ferment that, you know, obviously you get a ton of acidity from the fruit fermenting, but you also get some residual sugar. So it's it's really nice. Uh, I could drink it. Uh, I, I would choose this early in the day, though. But it is. Yeah. It wouldn't be my. Um, uh, my first beer. I would probably build up to this. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty serious beer. I'm glad it's not our first beer. So what Tell is us it? what it is. Well, now you pull it out of the sock. We look at it. We go, oh, oh man, that sock. It is uh, Cuvée de Wakefield. Oh, oh look at that. So Jonathan, I just so, grabbed that from his cooler. Look at the. F- hold <laughs> on. Hold on. Look at the fucking picture, and whatever fruit it is is the one I'm trying to describe. Okay. It looks like guava. Yeah. Is that guava? I think that's, if it's guava, then or that's what I meant, but that's stuff in the fruit. Read Let's the see. bottom. You know I can't read that. I'm uh, old man Imperial Sour Ale with dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango, and guava. Brewed and bottled by J. Wakefield Brewing, blah, 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 blah. Nice can you can you repeat the fruits? Dragon fruit, dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango, and guava. The mango, I missed so totally. I, yeah, but I definitely hit dragon fruit and guava. Yeah, so the dragon fruit, I think that's like so that's this, dragon right? Fruit. Yeah, all right. That's the one I was talking about. It's got a little gamora on the bottle, now. or some sort of. Yeah. Well, once it's that's the thing. That's green, the gamble you take. It's a very ballsy thing woman. to come on the show, even with your own beers. God, it's but, like uh, all mango now. But that was fucking tasty as fuck. Anyway, so so let's go on. So let's get back to it because I, I really like. I really like the trajectory for a bunch of reasons. One, starting off truly doing the work. Two, um, you know, doing the work of finding that seal. Did you? What was your background before this? Did you know? Did you have a background where you'd be welding, or did you like YouTube learn how to weld? Well, I was uh, worked at a chemical plant. I was a chemical engineer. Okay. And it was a smaller chemical plant, and um, I was basically like a the head engineer and I got to work really closely with a lot of um, the guys in the plant that were really good at things like welding, yeah. crane operation, you know, all these in, in industrial skills that, you know, people don't, you can't go to college to learn. It's, it's stuff yeah. you pick up. So some of them taught me how to weld. I, I wanted to weld That's and, awesome. you know, the, a, a guy that I was friends with there showed me. Um, that's all right. So there we are. So you're putting that together. This is eight, nine, start in 10. And then I'm so I'm having trouble. Like, what's what's the fruited beer that I associate with New Orleans? Because outside that, I don't think I can't beat it. So beat it. Thank you. So beat is the thing that clearly on the other side of very much. But but what I'm saying is it's the only thing I'm thinking of as a Louisiana brewery that's really on my mind. So are you purple haze? Was that there? They got a a few different fruit beers. Yeah. Yeah. But so are you still alone down there for all intents and purposes? What? We're all going to die. Why? Why? Who else brews down there that I know? No, I'm I'm, I poured beer beer too. We're all going to die. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. I smell I it. I thought I'd said something horribly no. wrong. Like, Augie, your best friend brews in Louisiana. No, oh. Abita has a ton of hitmen that if you say the wrong thing about them, it's just yeah, fuck it's, them. It's a blackout anyway, team. They're big. Yeah, but but I guess, I guess yeah. what I'm saying is I, like, they, can, they, can that. they have a budget for hitmen. <laughs> like, what's shocking is I can, I can now think of five or six small breweries from Texas. And when I opened up in 2011, so around the same time, there, there was no craft in Texas because Texas was not a place you could yeah. sell beer that wasn't Shiner. Right? You know what I mean? And, but I still can't really think of anything. So having gone through these steps all the way up to run your own world up to 22,000 barrels, which is fucking – that's the end of where I want to be, right? I want to get to 22K because that's where you Yeah, we, we like this point. Make, we're, kinda, we're very comfortable. Right? It's a comfortable place. See, I'm nowhere near there yet, and good on you. For, but I'm, I'm wondering – I kind of want your perspective. You should have started with pharmaceutical of, drums. Yep, that was the secret. Oh, fuck, man! I wish I knew. Uh, it was it was actually yeah, a terrible idea machine. when I when I talk to people about it that are you know getting into it and, and they ask about that part of my uh, uh, oh, fuck life. Me. Uh, it, I always tell them like 
I just really quick. I just every time that there's going to be some sort of expletive or some sort of aside, it's because it's we're because sipping we're the second a John beer. Wakefield bourbon barrel yeah. aged stout. There's no doubt about it. Mostly because I saw the cap and I know the bottles. Oh, match. okay. Is that but, all right? Well, because there are two bottles and he said he just grabbed them on his way here. And we know his travel story. All right. But there's that. So I've been talking about this, and this is just a quick sub thing because I don't because we don't need to get distracted by two. I think it'll be fun. But there's this thing. Yesterday we were having a conversation with John while drinking one of this year's beers. Jonathan. And how he's trying to focus more on the spirits and the barrels on these big-ass stouts mm-hmm. and get away from some adjuncting. This one's got a lot of it's yeah. heavy spirits. But really nicely dialed to the beer, right? Like, like I feel like the spirits are making the stout. Like, like they're, the yeah. spirits are the wings lifting up this stout. Like, I really love what he's doing That's for those. That's a good way right to now. describe it. It's okay. def- definitely not being weighted down mm-hmm. um, by the the heaviness and sweetness of it. Yeah. The the it's almost like the the whatever spirits were in the barrels. He got barrels that had like a quarter full yeah, of the st- spirits in there. Everybody still. does. Yeah, you either you know. dump them or you keep them. Yeah, but he but keeps the, them. I taste. <laughs> a, it's uh, it's breathy. It's yeah. got a lot of the yeah. boozy breathiness that uh, we uh, a lot of the barrels that we use at our brewery don't have as much. Um, of that we get much more vanillin and barrel character right. less spirits character are you like sulfuring them before you start and reheating all the wood to do all no, that? no and you know we don't even really drain them we just go straight yeah. in usually so i gotta tell you we we maybe it's just sourcing maybe it's just how quick or maybe it's you know how long it takes mm-hmm. to get them to you instead of us but when we get them they're always soaking wet and i always want that out of there because interesting I, but the other thing is, and I like to just give them a sulfur blast because I like to just give a little chart of the wood. But if you're not careful, the, as wet as I feel like you, you might be creating a bomb when you sulfur the way they come to us. So, you know, I'm like, roll it for five days before you even touch that thing because they show up with booze in them. But anyway, let's get right, back let's to let's get you. back to yeah. it, yeah. I, so we'll we'll talk about this beer again. The bombs look great. Yeah, we'll come I back can. to this. But I'll, yeah, I'll tell you there. all about pasteurization later. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a pasteurizer? We, we, bought, we bought a bottle pasteurizer. Smart. Just to okay. do for barrel-aged uh, stouts. Okay. Not your hazy IPA and a 12 we don't, we don't, The bottle. only thing we pasteurize is... Uh, is adjunct stouts. Adjunct stouts. Barrel for fear of creating stouts. the other end of the bomb spectrum. Only adjunct, <laughs> only adjunct barrel-aged stouts. Right on. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, the, it, it, I guess Abita. So I guess, so I guess the question I was leading to, forget Abita. I was just saying, <laughs> like, I'm just talking about the context of how you must have a very interesting fisheye look out at everything else going on in craft because you don't have people, or maybe you do, maybe I'm wrong. But no, you know, that's interesting. All yeah. of us on top of each other. But So if you slice it into three-year segments of your 12 years, what have you done differently? What have you seen? What's been the inputs? Yeah, so I, I didn't really, you know, I, I didn't work at a brewery before. Nobody who, who's at Parish currently, or even at that time, had worked at a brewery before. And oh, wow. so we didn't really, you know, uh, the fisheye thing is kind of interesting because we were certainly looking out into the world and taking in what everyone else was doing to sort of formulate our own path and what do we need to be investing our bandwidth, our money, our, you know, our mental bandwidth, like what all our resources, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? And we just started out more or less um, doing what other breweries were doing, which was a great starting place, but that's not really what ended up making us successful and getting us to the next levels of our business. You know, copying and cloning beers and trying to do things that we liked other breweries, that that other breweries were doing well. For example, I mean, I think 90% of the breweries in 2010 were probably trying to make some version of Sierra Nevada. (laughs) you know uh and uh in we made a um an amber ale that was you know not too different from fat tire you know and these were uh not really successful products and uh, again this was really right at the beginning and i didn't know much about the brewing industry at that point um and but i learned very quickly uh, by paying attention that that's not really what people want. People don't want us to make a Louisiana version of fat tire. So they don't but, want, but let, let me interrupt you there. Cause I love where you're going with this, but I want to steer it in one direction, which is, so I know exactly what you're saying. And then there's those beers that are of that place. And I think you succeed or we succeed when you find the one that works for your people. And it's not like fat tire in Colorado fucking mm-hmm. works and spotted cow in Wisconsin fucking works and pale ale in America fucking works. But so jump ahead in the story to what were you doing when, when your neighbors were like, Oh, I'll drink that cane, every fucking day break. if you make it. So right, that's right. cane so break for us. So we were, uh, I was in, 
very fortunate in that I made a, one really good decision right, right out the gate, which was to try and use an indigenous ingredient um, in a, my first big beer. Uh, I was, you know, loved what Dogfish Head was doing at the time. I just thought that was so cool, it's super innovative. I mean, when you look back it, around that time frame, it yeah. was, um, that was innovation. I mean, we're talking about these beers we're drinking now from cool breweries today that are using neat ingredients like dragon fruit, but you know, in 2009, it was um, Dogfish Head making uh, rhubarb beers and yeah. fruit beers. And I, I remember uh, seeing something about indigenous ingredients and a light bulb moment for me was I need to use sugarcane. That was everywhere oh. in Louisiana. That That's our indigenous crop. It's okay. literally, the brewery was in the middle of sugarcane fields. Okay. Um, so I decided to make a wheat beer with sugarcane syrup, primarily because there was no wheat beers being made uh, around the region. There weren't a lot being sold. Um, and I thought that that would be a nice way to get a business started uh, with a good product that uh, uh, didn't really exist yet. I wasn't going to make a, a Pilsner made out of right. sugarcane syrup or using sugarcane syrup. A, well, a, it could a Sierra Nevada clone. It could be, but I, uh, I chose yeah. a wheat beer because that was a gap. <laughs> yeah, I like the wheat beer, though. And wheat beer seemed to be, right, John? So you're the reporter. Uh-huh. Am I wrong that, like, Widmere and all those, like, the wheat beers seem to be a way to connect to way past the brew community, right? Yeah. Like UFO and all those beers sure. and even the ones even that become Even Tank 7 or some of the other... Like wheat beers, some something about wheat beers days. make neighbors feel at home, right? Well, a lot of the time, though, those those wheat beers would have some sort of citrusy element to it, which connects, like, because okay. citrus is the, you know the flavor I mean. that I like connects this. with so people. Go back. But, yeah. So your sugar... So tell me about... Tell me, so it's it's... How much weed, how much Pilsner, how much? Yeah, so uh, I did a lot of experiments trying to figure out, first of all, how to get sugarcane syrup into a beer, because it's not easy. Um, I used molasses originally, and that was a disaster, because molasses is gross. It's, <laughs> and it likes to stick to shit, it, even if it's in boiling water. It's, it's, <laughs> it's full of minerals. It's really like the, the dregs of, of sugarcane. Yeah. Um, it's just the minerally stu- elements that are not good in beer. Anyway, so I ended up settling on a really good this. product <laughs> called uh, sugarcane s- syrup. It's literally called sugarcane syrup. It's people use it and in it's Louisiana. Like clear syrup. It looks like like um, well, we can't call it Aunt Jemima anymore. Apparently, but it's, it's like um, sim- oh, it's so it's a oh, little yeah. brown. It's it looks like store bought maple syrup. Thin, okay, that yeah. makes sense. Maple in air quotes. Yes, because you know, yeah. I'm thinking maple, like caro, maple, maple flavor. Yes, you're yeah. saying it's a little it more look, cooked. It's brown and it's cooked, and that's how they make it. Is uh, the background on it is you take uh, sugarcane liquor, which is extracted from the um, the sugarcane's juice, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they pulverize it and you get this juice. It's very rich sugar. So at that point, you would make rum agricole from that if okay. you were to use that and ferment it, but. You can take this this sugar and you add acids and cook it, and the acids invert the chemical structure of the sugar molecule, and it'll allow it to stay liquid when it cools, as opposed to crystallizing. Oh. That's called invert sugar. Okay. Interesting. That's a chemical See? engineering term. I'm teaching you shit, motherfuckers. Yeah, I, Th- say thank you, thieves. So go on. So the uh, sugarcane syrup is actually very commonly. I mean, when we have pancakes in Louisiana, yeah, because we're all using really, sugarcane syrup. But all they're really yeah, doing not, with yeah. Aunt Jemima is some coloring corn syrup, right? Like it's all basic Maybe, yeah. syrup, yeah. a little maple flavoring, flavoring or yeah, some crap. You know, it, it's, Steens is the brand that people use as a yellow can. If you okay. go to the grocery store in Louisiana, you go to anybody's pantry in Louisiana, you'll find a yellow can or a bottle with a little screw top. It's got a big yellow label, Steen's Sugarcane Syrup. And Steen's... E-E-N-S? S-T-E-E-N apostrophe S. Okay. Steen's. It's a family. So the Steen's, Steen's family. Yep. And everybody uses it. It's a staple. Um, and I, I just would go to Steen's and buy two, three drums. You can only do two drums, fit Not two stainless. drums in the, no, regular black <laughs> drums. You can only fit two stain, two drums of sugarcane syrup in the back of an F-150 before it's over, overloaded. Just Important lessons. FYI. You need the viscosity and the weight of liquids. Yeah. Maybe, yes. I'm, you can I'm do learning, four I'm empty, learning yes. all, see, you know I love data sets. I, I know. Now this I have is... two very important data sets. Anyway, so, what are you hopping it with? So and how ca- long ago is this? Which, which, what phase of? Yeah, your- so that was original. Before I even sold a beer, I made a beer. I made it, yeah. tagged it, cane break in my little log in, in my garage, you know, and uh, it was the first beer that I commercially sold as well because I I realized just based on feedback from people that were, you know, involved at the time, like this was the one to, to start with, and it was. Uh, 
it worked really well for us. Awesome. We we got something like 400 taps in the New Orleans market alone of that beer by like 2013. That's wow. just huge. I mean, a draft so, beer is such an awesome way to grow a small brewery because yeah. we didn't have to invest in lots of packaging equipment. And, and New Orleans to do that. is a pretty big draft town, or huge, was right. Huge. I mean, with especially with to go. But but just to put it in yeah. perspective, I mean, uh, you've got. I think at the time it was Bud Light was number one with something like 500 draft taps. Uh, Blue Moon was actually really popular. It was right up there with us. And Abita Amber, which was Abita's big beer. Yeah. So we were all like one, two, three, and four, right around that Jeez, 400 to 500. Jump. That's it was incredible. Huge for this tiny little brewery in those sugarcane fields in was rural it, Louisiana. It was, was awesome. Was it the Louisiana connection along with the ingredient, or was it? So I think it's a combination of a, a couple of factors here. The indigenous ingredient, number one, I think people really like. They like the name, Cane Break. Mm-hmm. a lot that, yeah. that really just worked there's something about a name sometimes that helps a, br- a oh, brand yeah. stick oh for sure um, yeah. especially not knowing anything about this brewery where the people have been drinking a beta for almost 20 years at that point you know that's the craft brewery yeah you know so the, the branding is important um also uh the wheat beer element is also important but coupled with the fact that the wheat beer that we were competing with in the market was blue moon and our wholesaler was the Anheuser-Busch wholesaler. Oh, so he needed oh, anything. So he, wanted to. he wanted to go to battle against Blue Moon in 2011, 2012, yeah, 2013. smart. And there's a, there's, so if you, if you go back through my catalog, there is a one of those little, you know, I read a little story about the beer on the side of everything. There's one that is straight up, Blue Moon can go fuck itself if you read between <laughs> the lines. And I remember 2011 distinctly. Like Blue Moon was the threat to everything creative. Yeah. So of course, but that's a good ally to have in that. I so want to ask on. more about that uh, uh, after all this. I'm so yeah. I'm fascinated because uh, uh, it's 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 there. Anyway, th- we're not here to talk about <laughs> me. John hates when we talk about me, but I do. I, we should talk about beer too. But I want to say this. So I don't think you. So it's funny because what you're saying is is wonderfully classic in the American crafter, right? Where you you do something like this, it works, it fits with your neighbors. And it's the other end of funding your sour program with your hazy line. Mm-hmm. It's funding your anything you want to do with taking care of your neighbors and them liking you. And that, that really is how we end up with New Belgium and CRN, all those people. So good on you. But you don't end up at a thing like this unless you like fucking with things. So I want to talk about the things you fuck mm-hmm. with. But first I want to know, because this is the hard part. I think I would take both sides of this argument. I don't know where I'd land. If I had that beer, do you ever fuck with it? Or, you know what I mean? Or do you do all your fuckery off the cane break line? You know, it's cane break, cane break, and then, like, double dry hop cane break is not a thing you've done. Or yeah. do you do it? Because well, I'd be go either way, right? I never fuck with boat, but I kind of always want to fuck with boat. I think we, uh, I, I could be wrong about this, or I may, maybe it was the wrong decision at the time, but I, I viewed it as, uh, I viewed the beer market, the craft beer market, as two very distinct uh, consumers. There's people that drink things like cane break and um, Abita Amber and uh, other products like that. We call them the, your mainstream craft beers, right? Uh, everybody's used that term. Yeah. And then uh, let's call it like your more educated high-end craft beer consumer, somebody that's into um, more innovative, interesting, louder products, innovative products. And um, we kind of... I just thought that they deserve to be two totally different product lines. Right. So, so you do, do you keep it pretty pure? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cane break See, is cane break. And even yeah. the way we sell it and the way we operate, it's, um, you know, I have a, a sales team that their job is primarily focusing on getting chain placements and uh, uh, for things like cane break and, uh, you know, I guess products that graduate into the mainstream. Ghost in the Machine is our big double IPA that graduated into that sort of um, business model. But... Um, I've got a whole separate, it's almost like our business is split in two, gotcha. where yeah. it, we have these products that are more mainstream, cane breaks, they're more mass appealing, they're yeah. easy to get into, and we don't mess with but them. But they're, they're also they're Louisiana's classic. beer now, That's the right? thing, they're, we don't want to mess with it. I, I'm, I remember uh, by about 2013 or 2014, now three or four years in, five years into the, the brewery, realizing like, okay, I, I can't touch the recipe on cane break, we can't play with it. Because it, we would lose potentially lose sales. We did. We were afraid people would like it less if we tried to fuck with it. Um, we will, well, we talk about that all the time. Like once people have decided it's the best, 
it feels evil to change it. Just come up with I'll something give you new an, I'll give you an anecdote in. about it. So we had a yeah. uh, one time we were kind of going through yeasts, and even at you know three or four years in, we're still trying to figure out like how to because again. I never worked at a brewery before. Nobody that worked at the brewery had ever worked at another brewery before. So we're figuring out things like... I loved that about your story, like early on, where it's like the prerequisite was no brewery experience. Yeah. yeah. It makes you really... When you figure something out, you really know it. Yeah. Backwards and forwards. That's the real benefit. But So when we, we had to learn how to deal with yeast... And do we filter it after it's fermented? And, or do we just get a really highly flocculent yeast that drops out? Or, uh, and so we tried different yeasts with cane break. And uh, one of the yeasts was, uh, as you, you may know, I mean, yeast are attenuative to different levels. Some yeast will dry it out more. Some will leave it a little more sweet. And one of the batches of cane break we made at the time trying to mess with yeast was sweeter. It left the beer much sweeter. And cane break is already slightly sweet uh, for a, a wheat see, beer. See, he's coming. Anyway, no, 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 it wasn't. It was, uh, it was, it was twelve seventy-two, if I okay. recall. It was uh, American Ale two twelve seventy-two, which tastes like runts. The ester profile on it tastes like runts candy to me. Which yeah. is anyway, uh, the banana runts, not the all the runts. Yeah, no, but the banana plus the little. I don't even know what the other fruits are. Red. They're red. <laughs> red fruits. Sometimes purple. There's a there's yeah. a re- variations on red. The orange to purple yeah, yeah, range. Yeah. There's pink and red and banana. Yeah, and banana. <laughs> anyway, go on. So uh, the, uh, the the cane break uh, yeast change made it kind of sweet. And we started getting emails from people, mostly women in New Orleans, saying, what did you do to my dear sweet cane break? Y'all are yeah. messing with it. Stop. And... Uh, uh, so, which, which was interesting at the time because these are people that are not craft beer enthusiasts. They're not listening to your podcast. Right. These are people that are uh, average grocery store consumers who just moved up from Bud Light to Cane Break. Right. But they're so passionate about this product that they would send us an email that we've changed this slightly and we don't like it. Uh, we took that as a sign. Like, we've yeah. got something here that's special. Yeah, and you don't want to fuck with it. We, we, we shouldn't fuck with it. This can be an institution. So, we got to see a Beta Amber do it before us right. in okay. the same market, in the same households. And they got... And we said, let's just let Canebrake do that right. while we, as a brewery, evolved into much bigger, louder, now, advanced things. Along the steps from stainless steel drums to 22,000 barrels a year... This progress has got to still be pretty early on. Mm -hmm. So you had this liaison with your supermarket customer base two, three years in? Yeah. That's fucking fantastic. Yeah. And way to pay attention to it, right? There's When you're new and you're nervous and you're rushing, it's always well, like, the, the, the you night, know what I mean? We, we had the blessing of uh, not having to uh, make other products. Like, Cane Break was 90% of our brewery at that point. Yeah. So we built a, I, I, at this point, I'd bought a 30-barrel brew house and a 60-barrel couple 60 barrel fermenters from China as cheap, cheaply as we could get it done. But we were making what I thought was going to be enough capacity to start doing other beers, but it wasn't. It never happened. With Cane Break in New Orleans in particular, it was such a high demand that we were just full of Cane Break all the time. Yeah. Um, so so we it's had, like 805, right? All of a sudden... Oh, yeah. All of a so sudden, Firestone one of the Walker biggest, beer. richest brewers yeah. in the world is like, fuck, make more of 805. Yeah. Man. They're drinking it, man. But there's, there's 80% a silver of their lining. Portfolio what I'm getting at right? is the silver lining yeah. in that, and a lot of breweries don't that don't have this luxury of getting to sit back. It's a use your fishbowl analogy. Yeah. Like you get you get to like look and take your time, and you don't have to panic. You don't have to rush. You don't have to put anything out there that sucks. You don't have to do anything dramatic. You don't have to. Yeah. Make you don't a mistake. have to light a fire to get attention. You can just, you <laughs> can kind of see and wait and make smart decisions about what do you do as a company, as an organization? Where do we go? What do we do? Because we had this amazing blessing, really, in a product I love that it. just we could just make and pay, pay the bills, and then we you can play that, from there. You hear that, kids? Make your neighbors happy, and you'll be fine. Now, so here's can the we, problem. We've burned up all our time, and I don't want to only have talked about Cambridge, although I'm fucking dying to have one right now. Yeah. But... So we, so ne- we never send it to festivals. Smart. But that's what I'm going to do. So we're going to talk about Beer 2 because we ignored right. it to come back to it. We just need to know what it so is. So let's talk about Beer 2 and then tell us what you actually brought to this festival to do the right thing at this festival because it's definitely not going to be fucking a sugarcane wheat beer. Right. But first, let's talk about John's Jonathan. bourbon barrel. Jonathan. Jonathan. He likes to be called Jonathan. I know. And that's you why do I it. I call him John. And this, I, it's amazing I call that you Justin keep, Christian. I understand. <laughs> 
Anyway, I don't um, know how you keep getting invited back to things. I don't know how I get invited to things with being me. associated with you. Because um, I'm a good time, John Hall. Anyway, so, all right, so it's it's just, I got to tell you, it's just fucking right. So, so it's funny how often I am bothered by what should be so simple. Put some fucking good stout into some good barrels and fucking yeah. wait a little bit. Yep, and don't 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 throw any adjuncts in there. Yeah, just let it fucking be gorgeous. Be patient. Th- be willing to throw out a barrel if it goes wrong on you because there was fucking air in that one. Blend them back together and put it out, right? This is just... I'm trying Do you to think th- this is what people thought Bourbon County was or have we gone Maybe. so far that... Like, there's something of, fucking happy. Yeah, it, me too, except there's something on the finish that it just ends in a certain way with vanilla. like a... Yeah, there's a touch of vanilla. Extract vanilla. Yeah, and it's a little too... Like, as I've been sipping on this, listening to about cane break, um, that extract vanilla is becoming just a little bitter. Like, the, the sugar is fading, and there's that little bit of bitterness that... So, that with I, the I more sips you, that I'm having, I'm be, like... Just to be ah, careful about what I'm saying I should saying be drinking this I faster, is but what I'm I saying. when I shout out extract vanilla, what I'm saying is giant booze presence and a lot of vanilla yeah. is how you make vanilla extract. So it's the finish on a beer like this. Like I'm not saying, yeah. oh, there's vanilla extract in it. Yeah. I'm saying... Yeah, vanilla extract is breathy I believe there's probably breathy. beans in here it. on top of some very vanilla barrels. But I'm saying that it builds to a bitterness. And what I'm saying is I think it's around 16%, and therefore sure. it's landing like vanilla extract. But the bitterness is building where... Each new sip that would bring on a little bit of that early sweetness that was so delightful and so brain scrambling becomes and a little bit hard fucking and scrambled. becomes a little bit harder to grab. All right, let's. You know what's going to be funny is when we pull this out and it's right. Bourbon County or it's something, and be I just County. assume yeah. because I was being lazy. But it's do, do, it, it is a Jay Wakefield stout. Do, right? Well, do you ever do you ever try and wonder what kind of vanilla it is? Oh, uh, it's so. I mean, it's Mad- so that, Mad- that, Mad- if, you, if you haven't done that, you need to do that. No, that it's going to be the, the new. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess Madagascar vanilla because uh, Madagascar vanilla tastes like Play-Doh to me. I think it's and not, I get I get like the that. Tahitian one. The um, there's Ecuadorian. There's uh, Jamaican. There's 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 the one that doesn't taste like candy. There's the one that tastes like vanilla. Okay. Vanilla and ice cream like is Peruvian or something. Yeah. I can't. All right. Is it, isn't the vanilla ice John cream Pickfield Madagascar? Brewing. I think so. Uh, this is Han shot right. first. Han shot first? Yeah. Oh. A bourbon barrel this aged. Is a, this is an important beer in his catalog. A he bur- doesn't just burn fucking Star Wars references. I, I asked him, I, I said, look, I said, I need two beers. I'm did sure you, tell, you have. Did you tell him he, you were coming no, here? No, I said, I need two oh. beers. I need, uh, I'm sure other brewers bring you beers because they bring them to our brewery all the time. We have a bunch of other people's beers there. I said, just give me two beers, any beers. And he brought me in. He, he shows me his all of his beers and back like, there. This is garbage. All well, the, 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 the beers. <laughs> really, they, they this cut, cartoon yeah. thing works in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so they they obviously drink other people's beers over there, which yeah. is very uh, that's nice. Nice of them. Um, should ask Kevin Watson what he does with those beers. Um, <laughs> he shoots them. With so the here's the thing: uh, <laughs> it's a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout ale with uh, cocoa nibs, vanilla. And there is another ingredient in here, which none of us came across, but the bitterness on the end that I was getting now makes a is lot there, more is sense. Is there a little cayenne, a little pepper? Well, there it is. It's ghost pepper. I thought it was a little spicy. Nice work. I, I can see that. I can, I can see, see it see now. Capsaicin banana thing. It's subtle. Now that you both clued me in, but I th- no, I, I didn't get it. I thought I didn't it was get a, it either. I thought it was a little zippy. But that would be why it built on you that way, right? Probably the bitterness on it, but yeah. That's it's uh, fucking lovely, mm-hmm. and that's that's nice use of that. But so the thing, he, I, the right, thing I can't get away with waste this name on a, right. on a the beer thing I can't get about. away with that I guess John can is if I write ghost peppers on a thing, it's because I wanted to use ghost peppers like he has here, like a little touch to make the chocolate more chocolate, the vanilla more vanilla, and not. But everybody yells at me like it doesn't taste anything like ghost peppers, and I'm like, mm-hmm. go buy a fucking ghost pepper. Anyway, what'd you bring to the fest? Because we got to wrap this up. Actually, I told you we'd be done by two fifteen to get you back on schedule, and here we are still bullshit cool. at two thirty. No, it's us. I'm, I'm, but, ha- I'm happy to add content. But to what'd your you show. bring? Thank you, Matt. What'd you bring for the fest? So uh, we brought uh, our most well-known beer, which is uh, DDH Ghost in the Machine. So that's our monster, you know, uh, Citra Bomb, 
Um, it's kind of what we're known for outside of Louisiana now is Ghost in the Machine, and this is um, the double dry hop version of it. It's right just on. straight up double the hops of regular Ghost in the Machine, just yeah. milky, hazy, citra elixir, really straightforward. But, I mean, part of the challenge in making a good double IPA like that is how do you add the hops and then separate the beer from the hops in a way that it's clean and enjoyable, maximizing the hop elements without making it too unpleasant gross you know hops can get a little obtrusive a little soapy uh, everything astringent <laughs> green we talked about like the leafy yeah, con- yeah. Uh, uh, the, yeah. the the vegetal elements of green stuff when we were drinking the sour earlier uh hops have tons of that uh also we brought a um uh a beer that we haven't released yet that's oh, fun. uh haha uh, ha, thieves we're gonna talk about it before you <laughs> well, we, we actually have a bottle uh, a magnum that i brought that we just opened up at the uh, oh, jay wakefield over which there which we have to, to get to yeah yeah Damn the it. uh it's uh it's called candied pecan barrel aged candied pecan it's actually the second time we've made it uh we never really sold it before for people to buy in bottles we only had it on draft we did a project with jameson a number of years ago when they, they were doing the cask uh, mates yeah program. they were trying oh, yeah, to yeah getting so getting they gave us a beer yeah they gave us a bunch of barrels and then we would fill it with stout and then send them the barrels back a year later and they made uh, whiskey with that uh, anyway we made candy pecan back then it was a huge hit it was we took it to gabf one time and it was like one of the top rated beers at gabf really? and I, I loved it personally so we, we had to remake it this time so we did it and um, it's a huge um, english style 14 percent stout thick thick chewy on uh, with uh, bourbon barrels, most of them are you know um, Buffalo Trace brands bourbon barrels, but they're all very good. Um, and then uh, after 15 months on the barrels, and then we put them in the tank on whole roasted pecans. Wow! About 400 pounds for um, about uh, 15 barrels of beer. It's a very a large of, amount of pecans. A lot of nuts. Yep. And then a, a pinch of cinnamon, a crunchy cinnamon, just a touch. You know, it gives it that, um, I mean, candied pecans, I don't know if it's something that you get in the Northeast and the South. It's a big, I mean, for Christmas, like you go into the office of any, uh, uh, any office uh, workplace and there's going to be tins of candied pecans for people to munch on. Uh, and that's what it tastes like. You know, what's funny about that is we put them on that watermelon, goat cheese, and pumpkin seed salad, but Ooh. they have a little cayenne on them. <laughs> anyway, way to tie it together. We got to go. We, we do. All three of us need to be at a different brewery seven hours from here pretty soon. Anyway, <laughs> we don't have any letters, so write us letters at yeah. stealthisbeerpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on all the social medias at stealthisbeer. And uh, obviously, if you want to help us out, uh, patreon.com slash stealthisbeer. Uh, every dollar goes a long way. Andrew, if uh, people want to come to Louisiana, they want to come visit you, or they just want to find you on the internet, where do they do such a thing? Yeah, so social media is the best. You know, our Parish Brewing uh, Instagram and Facebook has a ton of content. Uh, Parishbeer.com, and uh, we have a brewery that they can visit uh, Monday through Saturday in beautiful Broussard, Louisiana. Go, come Broussard. get some. Come get some. More fired up for Broussard, Come Louisiana. come get some boudin and cracklins. Part, eat some crawfish. He's gonna fire up the Uber right now and be like. But the worst part is, I'm the guy who's gonna show up. And be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just give me the Cambridge. I gotta drink 97 <laughs> of them. I gotta get my Louisiana. Bro, thank you so much for, for coming time. out to this. What a fun and cool story. This, these have been a couple great shows, We've John. You did fun. a good job. We've you, had you fun. Definitely, you definitely put together a fun group of people. we jo- got to get Justin's over to Wakefield. Justin's back next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll talk to Evan again next week. <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Anyway, we appreciate you. I'm really psyched to do this. Um, and thanks for having us. Uh, yeah. What was I going to say? There's one thing I wanted to tie it all up with, but I guess I lost it to this damn Wakefield on shot first. All right, y'all, get at us.